No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Thank you for joining us. It's Wednesday night and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 6pm. Just working through a little coof there. <clears throat> We're off to a flying start. <laughs> My eyes are watering. Um, thank you for joining us. <laughs> what the hell is this shit? This guy doesn't start strong at all. If there were any lo- uh, new listeners tonight, around 80% of them have already checked out. I'm hoping to get through the rest of them by the end of the intro. New, we don't want fresh faces. We don't want fresh, fresh fish in here. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to go down a Twitter rabbit hole with me today, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, I had an amazing time on Twitter this morning, and we all... We all, from time to time, criticize Twitter and what they do. From time to time, you know, we can be frustrated. We question their moves. We question, you know, the censorship and stuff like that. Um, but then sometimes it really is, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a magical place with wood nymphs dancing around candy canes and a rainbow sun. It's just sometimes you, you get these little moments and you just get to experience Twitter for what it is, what it's meant to be. And that is a place for all of the world's dumbest people to corral and make themselves accessible. And it's really beautiful. So I went down a Twitter rabbit hole earlier today. And man, it was fucking fun. So we're going we're gonna to recreate it. We're going to go through the steps. I'm going to show you how we got to where we got to a little later on in the show. Before we do that, though... Um, I'm going to open up the kimono here just for a moment and let you know. So I, I peruse around like I have, I'm pretty open when it comes to sourcing material for the show. You know what I mean? I'll go around, got wood nymph, <laughs> carry a monkey. <laughs> I'll go around, you know, a fair, a, like I'll cast a pretty wide net into the internet and see what we can drudge up. But there are a few hotspots that are like go-tos daily. So, of course, like corporate media outlets like CNN and MSNBC. And I'm, I'm not really interested in the impeachment because I think it's silly. I do. And there's a lot of, oh, it's just, it's very cringe over politicizations. And it's just, it, it's all grandstanding and there's only so much you can take. So, you know, if, if something develops in it, if something actually happens instead of what the media does, which is, you know, blow up things that don't matter as long as it's beneficial to one interest or another. So when it's something that matters, matters, uh, happens, pardon me, then I'll cover it. 
but I was going around, I was doing my rounds looking for material, and I went to MSNBC's YouTube page, which is, like I said, a daily stop here on the show. And I haven't got my screen set already, so that's good. Let's have a look here. So I was going around doing the rounds, and I went to MSNBC. Now, bear in mind that, you know, I'm not particularly interested in the impeachment at this point. And what is this? Sorry, it's just uh, backroom stuff. Woke up late today. You know, these are the things that can happen being very unprofessional here on the show today. Once we get this sorted out, we're flying. All right. All right. So where was I? Pardon me. I know. Terrible today. Terrible. And the last 20% of the new audience that wasn't part of the original 80% have now left us, ladies and gentlemen. See how that works. Give yourselves a round of applause. You did it. (laughs) Piper the cricket. Dead air. (laughs) I know. I know. But trust me, it'll all be worth it in the end. So I went to MSNBC YouTube and I thought, well, let's see what MSNBC is talking about. Do you ever get the feeling like the corporate media wants to point the public conversation in a specific direction? Do you ever get that kind of sensation gnawing away at the back of your brain? Like maybe they're pushing you a little too hard. Like they're trying trying too hard to upsell you at the used car lot. You know, we'll throw in the tent. We'll throw in, you know, the detail. Uh, we'll give you an extra service, like sort of, you know, in a year from now, we'll give you a free service if you if you buy this piece of shit. And you're like, ah, you're coming on too strong. You're making it sound too good to believe. So I don't trust you. <laughs> Have a look at this MSNBC's YouTube page, right? But again, bear in mind, I'm looking for non-impeachment stuff. This is all... <laughs> It's all impeachment. And um, when I say all, I mean all. I mean every single fucking video on MSNBC. It's as if, it's, you know, what I love most about the corporate media is they, they really tell us about the important issues, you know, the things that are happening, the things that are going on. They make sure that we're always paying attention to what really matters around us and the world. They help us understand the world. They make it less complicated for us. Katie Turr on Trump's silence. Maybe Twitter did him a favor. Georgia prosecutors open criminal probe into Trump's call to Secretary of State. Can House managers convince GOP senators to impeach? House managers present new evidence. Powerfully depressing. Former uh, senator reacts to footage shown in trial. What to expect from day two? Unprepared and incompetent. Democrats open impeachment. Senate votes to proceed with impeachment. State Republican leader believes capital attack by Trump mob is a hoax. Shambolic Trump impeachment. Trump lawyer suggests. Legal scholar Trump lawyers. Jason Crow shares harrowing details of Capitol Hill right. It's every fucking video. All of them. Look, we're even even we're even down like to the next page. Schumer, Trump impeachment. <laughs> impeachment trial begins. Schumer assures Senate he can run impeachment trial. It's just fucking relentless. Relentless. (laughs) Do you ever get the feeling like they're trying to steer your attention in one direction or another? Do you ever get that 
sensation gnawing away at you. I know. You're a crazy person. It's that's that's all conspiracy theory, by the way. You're silly for thinking that. Unreal, huh? Yeah, Tracy, I think that's a good point. Tracy in the chat says, addicted to Trump for ratings. There could be a bit of that as well. Like we said on uh, Monday, they're, ne- they're chained to him now. If, if he dies, they all die with him because they're feeding on him. <laughs> and it's just, it's just relentless. And it's like it's the only thing that's going on. What a perfect way for Joe Biden to start his presidency, right? He doesn't have to speak to anybody. He doesn't speak to anybody, really. He just signs executive orders, never puts himself, you know, out there in front of the press to, you know, just be harassed and harangued regularly. doesn't do that. And the only news that's taking place during this opening part of his presidency where, you know, like... He's signing all of these executive orders, people losing their jobs and whatnot. The only thing the news is talking about is how evil the guy he replaced was. It's just brilliant. It's perfect. He just gets a clear run. As long as Trump is in the news still, as long as they're still talking about Donald Trump, Joe Biden can effectively do whatever he wants and nobody will even notice. So it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, so there you have it, MSNBC. Like I said, I was looking for non-impeachment stuff and I, I found only impeachment stuff. Fucking, mis- it made me miserable <laughs> just looking at all of the titles of the videos. And again, nothing. No actual news yet. No bombshells, no smoking guns, nothing like that. Just a bunch of politicians trying to beat each other to death with their own dicks. That's the only thing that's taking place. God. All right. So because of this, I I was just searching around the internet and somebody drew my attention to this by sharing a tweet that was associated with it. So let me show you this because we're about to go down it. Uh, pardon me. A Twitter rabbit hole here, ladies and gentlemen. I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to appreciate, appreciate this. So what happened was this reply here. Uh, Major Tom, the big empty, dlive.tv slash Major Tom with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that hard. Saturday nights. He retweeted this with a comment, something like, you know, well, I'll read the tweet. I only learned this recently and it's shocking this is a brand. Whilst we're here, I lived in Australia for 12 years and there's a, well, where there's a cheese called coon, a term of racial abuse there, not the American mammal. Just discovered the latter is rebranding at last. Yeah, so that coon cheese eventually caved. The battle that's been going for literally like 20 years. Remember I showed you stories of like, you know, the early 2000s. They were talking about, oh, we need to change the name of coon. And coon cheese back then came out and said, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> well, the, the times are changing and coon cheese, they finally have their scalp. They finally have their win. And Coon Cheese is now renaming itself to Cheer Cheese, which is, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But, so he retweeted this. Um, Major Tom retweeted this guy because this guy's saying, I don't understand. It's, why is the, it's called Coon Cheese, a racial term. Tom retweeted it with something like, 
the the name of the guy who invented this form of cheese making is literally in the title of the fucking article you you are tweeting. <laughs> you fucking idiot. So cheesemaker Edward William Kuhn. It's named after a guy. It's not named for the racial slur. And it even says so in the headline of the article that they are commenting on. <laughs> so Tom retweeted this. I think Tom's pretty, pretty, pretty much given up on humanity. And who can blame him? I'm right there with him. Maybe a few steps behind, but he'll he would say I will catch up eventually, I think. But that was that t- now that tweet was in response to this. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. And this is going to get wild really fast. So strap in. Uh, this dude tweeted this meme out. And there's an image of Cracker Barrel, which is like a, I guess, is it kind of like a, you know, middle class family restaurant in the United States? We don't have them here. But I think that's what it is. It's kind of like the one with all the cheesy shit on the walls and stuff, right? Is that the one? Is it the one that's represented you know, at least inspired by the, you know, the the guy in office space, you got to have your flair on, you know, 15 pieces of flair is the bare minimum. Is it kind of like that vibe? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Okay. So like a, like a cringy, cheesy family restaurant. I could, Maureen says, I love Cracker Barrel. I could see why people would like it. I don't know if I would like it personally, but I don't know if I would hate it either. You know? Yeah, I'll eat with a bunch of cheesy shit on the wall. I don't care. You know what I mean? No, Flair is... Flair guys, TGI Fridays. Okay, gotcha. So anyway, Cracker Barrel. It's a family restaurant. We're pretty close with our description. And this was tweeted out with a meme. So along with this this wording, okay? So have a listen to this. This is where it starts. This is where my journey started today. Cracker was a slang term for whip. That's why blacks called whites crackers from the crack of the whip. A cracker barrel is a barrel that held the whips for sale at the country store. You see, the whip coming from the R to the K, racism in your face. And then then they're showing the logo of Cracker Barrel, where the the kind of top part of the K in Cracker loops around the the words and then connects with the first R in barrel. It, I don't, I mean, I guess it kind of could look like a whip, I guess. Maybe it is, I'm not sure, but it's not It's not clear to see, if you know what I mean. And then it's got, damn, I never noticed the whip. Okay, so this is the accusation that it's this middle, this middle class family restaurant is actually named after the receptacle that held the whips that used to beat uh, Africans, okay? This wholesome, cheesy family restaurant. <laughs> okay? So we're off to a flying start. Now, <laughs> this is when this is when things start to get interesting. And this is why, this is Twitter at its best. This is the whole point of Twitter, is being able to just dip into these little conversations, just observe them. You know, I don't even take part. I've I've long given up having co- like arguments on Twitter. Every now and then, if it's somebody I know and I care enough, which is very seldom, I'll reply or something like that. But it, the back and forth is only going to be like one tweet, maybe two max, and then I'm like, okay, this is already getting out of hand. I'm out of here. Because really, 
it's pointless. There is no point arguing with people on Twitter. You're not changing anybody's minds. You're not convincing anybody. Um, it's just the way people work. And if you've ever seen any of those like diagrams of where people are on the spectrum and, you know, how many connections they have with uh, people on the other side of the political spectrum, the political spectrum, not the autistic spectrum, folks. So, you know, you'll see that it's very clearly defined and there's very few lines that go from one side to the other. It's really non-existent. People are in their own, you know, they talk about echo chambers. We're already in echo chambers. We just happen to be sharing the same platform while we're in them sometimes. So you're not convincing anyone. So I'm just observing this Twitter rabbit hole as we go. Now, one of the first comments here I absolutely loved, and I knew what we were in for a good time when I read that this was one of the top ones. Listen to this. I found out a few days ago, and my mouth literally fell open. The fact that was right in our faces is wild to me. <laughs> because the reason I like that tweet so much, which seems innocuous, is imagine being offended by something that's been there your whole life, but you never... You never realized it was offensive until somebody told you. <laughs> oh my God, this offensive racism has been in our faces my whole life. Well, no, if it was in your face, you would have known that it existed. You know, if it's so obviously offensive, how could it possibly exist for so long without being offensive, right? I just found out about this today and I am mortified. <laughs> oh my God. I've been eating at Cracker Barrel for the last 25 years and today somebody told me that they think it's racist. I, I can't, I, I had no idea how racist it was and now I'm never going back there because I'm so offended. People legitimately think this way now. Welcome to 2021. Where you can, where, welcome to 2021, where you can share in the offense that somebody else takes subconsciously now. You're right, that is offensive. I never knew. How? How is that possible? Maybe it's not that offensive, sir. The fact that you've lived with it for two fucking decades and never noticed, maybe it's not offensive at all. I don't know. No, don't be silly, Bugs. It's offensive because somebody on Twitter said so. Oh, right. <laughs> Some random idiot on Twitter said it, this is offensive, so I must be insulted. Oh, okay. Imagine living like that. <laughs> I love Twitter for this reason. This, because this is how this is how the the outrage campaigns start. This is the nexus of one we're witnessing right here, right now. It's just such a beautiful day. Now there are so there are so many replies to this tweet which have their own threads, which spawn their own like little side tracks and stuff. So let's have a look at the first one that comes up is right. It's a guy with um, a black dude on the profile pic. And it says, you enter a Cracker Barrel and everyone just stop eating like, and there's a picture from, I don't know, is that SpongeBob squids? Now this, because this tweet has 10,000 likes, 
So, you know, what appears to be a black guy, you can't say for sure, it's a, it's a Twitter profile picture, so who knows. A Twitter profile picture who is black says on Twitter, you know, you enter a Cracker Barrel and everyone just stop eating like. I guess insinuating that when a black person walks into a Cracker Barrel, it's like the Old West. Everybody just drops the piano, stops playing honky-tonk, and everybody just looks. And the door, all you can hear is the doors going... Uh, 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 uh. So this, this first reply spawned its own rabbit hole. So let's have a look. MFs really eat at Cracker Barrel still? It just seems racist. And the food ain't even all that good. <laughs> it just seems racist. Is, is it racist? I don't know. It seems racist. Yes, it's racist. But you didn't even know about it yesterday. Yes. I've been eating there for 20 years and I found out just now because somebody said that it's offensive on Twitter. Now I think it's offensive too. What, what, is, what about it is offensive? I don't know what in particular, like what specifically is offensive, but it just feels racist to me. Just feels racist. Okay. Now... This person, this person who I think has the right intentions replies, untrue. There are so many black customers from many nations eating there. I have seen it up and down the East Coast, happy with uh, and happy with families enjoying their food, always trying to divide, exclamation mark. She gets replied to by this, this chap. Always trying to divide makes me cringe when it's pointed at the people who fall victim to that every day. You can't tell others how to feel or rather their experience is true. I think that meant that's meant to be or whether their experience is true. Okay. To which, <clears throat> to which the, the first person replies with this. I was not born here. I came to the, this country darker, taller and bigger than any other kid in school. I have experienced horrible name calling and bullying. I never let it stop me from getting where I wanted to go or judge others as a race like I was judged. You can't let them win. And that reply got no reply. <laughs> they already... Somebody feels like, you know, they might be getting a little bit outsmarted here. So they've, they've backed out gracefully. But the, the one who said you can't tell other people how to feel, that got like 38 likes. And that the reply I just read, which I think was superb, got zero nobody cares so you see the uh, this one i'm telling you it's pointless trying to argue with people on twitter nobody cares um okay listen now this is a good little good one too so this person writes literally my friends and i ate and paid for out food while waiting for our lift crackers following us around in the gift shop like we were going to steal something i cursed his ass out and then somebody replied to this, hood rats, <laughs> which may be a little unfair, a little unkind. But then this then this spawns other responses. So the, the person then replies, your racism speaks volumes either way. I'll be waiting on a response with a pic of your face. And then waited, it looks like waited about three hours and then replied again and said, three hours too late, sis, you've been reported. We've reported that person now for saying hood rats. <laughs> you see? You see? <laughs> You're really wasting your time trying to argue with people. Because... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, like I said, there's so many... 
little sub angles here. There's so many good replies here. Okay, now here, here we go, all right? Now this guy replies, this explains a lot. I went there for an interview and they never got back to me after one week. This just motivated me to not want to work for that racist restaurant no more. <laughs> now now see, every slight, every everything that's happened in a person's life, every negative experience that they've had with anything to do at all with Cracker Barrel is now all just going to become racism. You see how this works? This is so fucking beautiful. And this, this is why corporations, to be fair, spend millions of dollars on PR and stuff to try and avoid these things from spreading because this is how it spreads. This is how it's done. So, you know, Cracker Barrel didn't call me back for an interview. This proves that they are racist, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see how some of y'all have actually gone into and eaten at this place. Y'all brave. I've never stepped foot. Okay. Now, this got some replies. Okay. So, in my defense, me and my people went, but we didn't pay. We ran at good enough. Um... Because it's good, always good. Best pancakes ever. IHOP is gross and dirty, at least where I'm from. Ma'am, that is Waffle House you were talking about. I never ate there, but it's not like everyone grew up knowing what the fuck it meant, though. So you ain't have to do a lot. A lot? A lot? Uh, see, because now Twitter hides the best replies. <laughs> like, they hide them until you fucking unhide them, which is very annoying. This person is, is coming to a realisation here, which is beautiful. More and more, I'm starting to understand that people in general are stupid and easily influenced. Congratulations, young man. Congratulations, young man. You're starting to figure it out. <laughs> Again, I have to go to another tab now. All right. This, this is probably... This one is probably my favorite reply to the Cracker Barrel thing. Okay, listen to this. In response to that meme where Cracker Barrel is where they kept all the all the whips that used to whip the slaves, right? In response to that, this person writes, It makes sense though. I feel like any time I walked in there, I was expecting to get sold out of the gift shop. Just slave vibes all around that place. Imagine, imagine feeling that. Imagine walking into a restaurant. Imagine walking into a restaurant and feeling like you're about to be enslaved. Yo, check it out, baby girl. I got this bad feeling in here, man. I feel, I'm feels like that he's gonna fucking round me up and sell me out of the gift shop, motherfucker. I don't like this. This slave vibes all over this motherfucker. You hear me, baby girl? Sir, can I take your order? Yeah, I'll take a large fries and a cheeseburger. <laughs> Let's get out of here before we get enslaved. 
Now, see how quickly things escalate on Twitter? <laughs> this gets a reply. Came here to say exactly this, exactly this. Somebody else had the feeling that they were in, they were about to be enslaved by walking in the Cracker Barrel. They had this feeling that they were going to be sold out of the gift shop. <laughs> okay. Came here to say exactly this. It's like the ghosts of dead KKK members whispering nigger in your ear as soon as you walk in. Fuck. <laughs> hey? What a barrel of laughs. This, this person must be. Exactly. I hear... Sh I, <laughs> this is another reply from the original poster. Exactly. I hear chains and shit scraping across those hardwood floors and a motherfucker in the back starting the auction. Got one nigger here. We'll start with the auction at 500. Did I hear 550? Like, man, get me the fuck up out of here. That's what they feel. This is this is the emotion that they, they experience because I'm not telling anybody that they can't feel things. I, I want you to express how you feel. I find it very entertaining. I like to I like to learn about people you know what I mean I'm a, I'm a good listener and I want to hear your story I want to hear how you feel about stuff obviously that's why I'm reading this so when they walk into when this guy walks into a cracker barrel he feels like the chef in the back is about to start auctioning him off and he when he walks through the restaurant he hears the sound of chains dragging across the floor I mean what an experience and I, you know, I'm definitely not going to tell anybody that their experience isn't true. I almost envy them. Wow. <laughs> there are, <laughs> like I said, I'm going to put this this tweet in the chat. We've only just begun. So a few people like replying. This has been a pretty consistent retort here. People saying this and stuff along these lines. I didn't still don't know that. A cracker barrel was used to deliver and hold crackers in general stores. Individual packaging was uncommon. Many goods were sold from barrels. Pickles, for example. So the pickle barrel and the cracker barrel. Right? But whoever did reply with one of these... <clears throat> One of these, you know, posts, you know, perhaps citing some historical reference or perhaps citing some kind of literature or some kind of, uh, you know, known piece of history, whatever it is. They themselves then found themselves being dragged into their own little Twitter rabbit holes with the replies that they would get. Because this tweet has 41,000 likes. The original one that says, you know, that's a whip and this is a this is crackers, it's, it's a racist term. I never noticed the whip before, right? 22,000 retweets. So the people who would reply and say, well, actually, well, actually, it's it's named after, you know, the barrels that salt crackers were kept in, right? Because there was a lot, of, that was around a lot. These people would get into their own rabbit holes now. So have a look at this. I don't know how you'd pack square crackers in a round barrel without breaking most of them or why they'd even try it when they had tins for that kind of thing. But, okay. <laughs> you see, 
You see, we disbelieve the we disbelieve the argument. We disbelieve the story that the cracker barrels were named after barrels full of crackers because through our deductive, through our de- superior deductive reasoning, we have determined that it's silly to put square crackers in round barrels. Therefore, I don't believe it. <laughs> Uh, yet another riveting mystery solved by less than five minutes of research. Somebody said, "Well, they obviously aren't. They obviously aren't getting what's being put down here, because somebody replies. Now, listen to this. Somebody replies. Anybody can make an article about the origins of a name. You must have never heard of cover-ups. It's a cover-up. It's Cracker Barrel is racist propaganda, and the explanation that." Crackers were once sold in barrels is just a... It's a racist cover-up. <laughs> hey, I told you it was fucking good. <laughs> I love Twitter. This is why Twitter is good. This is why Twitter is so much fun. If you know how to use it, <laughs> it's a cover-up. All right. Somebody replies, I I would suggest, you know, with a bit of humour, there's a great discussion to be had about the history of the cracker. See hardtack and water biscuit. And then somebody replies to them, yeah, when I think of cracker from the olden days, I think of hardtack, not brittle wafers like we have today. We're now arguing about the crackers themselves. Those could survive barrel shipping without an issue. (laughs) Like, you see how quickly things devolve. We're now, we've now got people discussing what kind of cracker can survive the longest in a barrel. <laughs> okay. Now Cracker Barrel has now Cracker Barrel has now put out an official statement. So you see, you see, we mock the companies that do this. But to be honest, this is why. Because you can see already, people are now already, because of this one meme, people are now already blaming Cracker Barrel of just being like a racist fucking, what was that one term? Somebody wrote, when I walk in there, I feel the ghosts of dead KKK members whispering nigger into my ear. That's what somebody wrote about fucking walking into Cracker Barrel. And then they've got like thousands of retweets of people like, yes, I was coming here to just to say exactly that. And somebody says, well, actually, it was named after the barrels that the crackers were in. And they're like, shut up, cracker. Crackers crackers are square. The barrel is round. That don't make no sense. <laughs> and somebody's like, well, here, look at this. Look at this article I have here where they cite, you know, historical references and stuff. And somebody says, sounds like somebody hasn't heard of a cover up. <laughs> I mean, it's just. <laughs> so cracker barrels now come out. Who can fucking blame them? You know, the companies do, they egg them on. It's true. The companies do egg them on by not being more forceful. But at the same time, uh, you know, they these things can take off so quickly. This is why they pay millions of dollars to fucking PR firms to try and avoid this shit. Because, again, Twitter is just full of the dumbest people in the world. In response to the conversation around our logo, logo on Twitter today, 
we've issued a statement. Click here to learn about steps Cracker Barrel is taking to advance diversity and inclusion. Oh, God, no, Cracker Barrel. It's not going to work, son. <laughs> They're going to hate you anyway. The logo of Cracker Barrel Old Country Store does not depict and never has depicted a whip. The part of the logo being referenced in social media posts is a flourish, which is used in the calligraphy of the logos of many brands. Again, now, if you think that you can explain this to people who believe that that story, they, they, this is the thing, they genuinely believe that story is a whitewash of history. They believe that that story is a cover-up and it's actually a racist restaurant, right? It's for, it's for KKK members now. In, in one afternoon, that's all it took was this one meme. Cracker Barrel rejects racism and discrimination in any form. When associations are made between our company and these ideas, it is deeply upsetting because it contrasts so sharply with our values and our team's work to create a culture of hospitality that's welcoming, respectful and inclusive to everyone who walks through our doors. Ah, the usual PR shit, right? Of course. Um... People are now defending Cracker Barrel, <laughs> defending the honor of, of a restaurant, which is just bizarre. I don't think in ye old racist times, I don't think in ye old racist everything times they named it Cracker after some Ritz man. Cracker Barrel is racist 100%. <laughs> they didn't name it after a Ritz, motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, I yo, I don't think back then they named this shit after a cracker, yo. Like as in a Ritz cracker. <laughs> no, this shit is 100% racist. Confirmed. Like there, there is no convincing this person. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's a cover up. So basically what you are saying is not all barrels. Got it. <laughs> okay, so here's a good one. Racism or literal barrel for cracker, uh, crackers? Question mark. This is a tough one. Both seem logical. But we know history gets whitewashed to cover racism, so... Hmm. <laughs> You're right. So you even acknowledge... You even acknowledge that the explanation for the name Cracker Barrel makes sense. It's logical. You even acknowledge that. You go that far. But then, in order to counter the logic, you say, but then again, we know that history was written by white people, so I guess it's a lie. <laughs> We know we know history gets whitewashed, so that's 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 all I need to know. <laughs> Look, because again, what what hope do you have of convincing anybody of anything at this point when they can admit themselves that they have been persuaded by the logic of your statement? You know what? That actually makes sense. How Cracker Barrel got its name. That makes logical sense. Thank you for that. Good. I'm glad we agree. On the other hand. We know that history is written by white people, so it's a lie. 
History gets whitewashed to cover racism. So I guess I can't believe it. <laughs> no, we didn't know this because it's a lie. Cracker Barrel was literally a fucking barrel of saltine crackers. Now, this is... Now, this person, again, I can't... You can't say for sure because it's Twitter. This person has... Um, a black female avatar on their Twitter account. Now, it may be a black female. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but a, a tremendous reply, because did you all know this with the with the meme? No, we didn't know this, because it's a lie. Cracker Barrel was literally a barrel of saltine crackers. Now, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that when a number of people saw this reply and saw that it was posted by somebody who had a black woman in the avatar of their Twitter account, I'm going to I'm going to suspect that this, you know, this created a lot of turmoil for people who were reading this thread and the replies started coming in. Now Okay. Now the one reply to this is who even spent this much time making up this lie? So therefore it's, it's true. It's true that Cracker Barrel was named after racist whip cracking instead of a barrel of crackers because to this person, who even spent this much time making up this lie? It would take too long to make up the lie. Therefore, it's true. <laughs> Somebody wrote close, but no. Specifically soda crackers, not saltines. <laughs> semantics to which he replies saltine soda graham i don't give a fuck to be honest i'm just saying the slavery take was wrong don't push the nitpicking okay where are where are my oh they're probably hidden again of course they're hidden again Blacks called whites crackers because crackers are white, laughing my ass off, not because of the sound a whip makes. So that's a that's a new take there. We called whites crackers because they were racist. <laughs> Cracker Barrel represents... Now, this... <laughs> I don't think that this is a real one, but people will assume that it is. Cracker Barrel represents the hate generation. They were prosecuted and found guilty by the Department of Justice on multiple accounts of civil rights violations. Founded by Confederate businessmen, it speaks volumes to its implications as key participators in systemic racism. Here we go. So the, again, allegedly black woman on, on Twitter who replied, no, we didn't know this because it's a lie. Cracker Barrel was literally a fucking barrel of saltine crackers. Another person with a black person on their Twitter account, on their avatar, wrote, and I quote, you sound like a coon to me. <laughs> So obviously, obviously wanting to engage in a very, you know, a, th a very thoughtful and considerate conversation here is this person, obviously. To which they get replied to. Now, somebody replies to them, you didn't actually address or challenge anything she said, kind of makes you seem stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then the original female replied to that person. Birds don't know how to read, so I'm not shocked she said this. If she spent more time cleaning her filthy little room, maybe she'd have time to research and have a proper comeback. To which the person who said you sound like a coon to me replied and said, this is very disappointing coming from an African... She's, re she's replying to the guy who white knighted for the, the first woman, okay? The one who said you didn't address or challenge anything she said. She replies to him by saying... This is very disappointing coming from an African-American man, but hey, we all have our opinions and maybe you should read up on your history. Don't you love it when very ignorant people tell you you need to learn history? <laughs> it's one of my favourite things. When people who are like so obviously fucking historically illiterate start telling you, hey, maybe you should Google your history, bro. <laughs> So this is this is the person who called the first woman a coon because she said it's not named Cracker Barrels is named after a barrel of crackers. She said, "Well, you sound like a coon to me." And then somebody said, "Well, you didn't address anything. That makes you seem stupid." And then that person replies, "This is very disappointing coming from you, an African American man. Maybe you should read up on your history." <laughs> it's fucking Cracker Barrel shit. Cracker Barrel reading your little detective tweets. Shit you walk in and know they ain't for... Shit you walk in and know they ain't for the niggers. Right? I mean... <laughs> this is how quickly things devolve on Twitter. <laughs> you ain't never been in an, Ill in an Alabama Cracker Barrel? Hell nah. I was in Alabama passing through and felt uncomfortable. Damn sure didn't stop nowhere. Damn sure didn't start nowhere. <laughs> she wrote it like that. I'm not I'm not putting on an accent. She wrote it like that. Hell nah, I was in Alabama passing through and felt uncomfortable. Damn sure didn't stop nowhere. Okay. Actually, there are several seriously, listen. Seriously, there is no source for Cracker being a white person with a whip. Actually, there are several sources for Cracker being a white person with a whip. Example from NPR. But remember, they were just saying earlier that anybody can write an uh, anybody can write an article claiming that it's history. Remember that at the start of all this. So they start when you give them an article and say, "Look, this is what Cracker Barrel's named after." They say, Psh, "Bro, anybody can just write an article arguing something. That doesn't prove shit." You know how I know that? Here's an article agreeing with me. <laughs> And then they start handing you their own article. But you, if you turn around and say, well, I thought you could just make up articles. They don't prove shit. They'll start going, oh, you read too much fake news, bro. Like, people really are. We are that dumb now. Twitter is that dumb. There is no point having arguments with anybody on it. The energy of every Cracker Barrel restaurant already screamed this. Laughing my ass off for real. It's not surprising at all. So the rest, we've gone from the, the, the name being racist to now people are talking about their experiences walking into Cracker Barrel. And they all seem to have the same kind of experience. They walk in there and they feel oppressed by it. 
they, they, feel, they feel as though they're under the thumb by walking into a Cracker Barrel. Now now that they've been told that the, the, the name of the place is offensive. You see, because how this works is now that they've been instructed that it's okay to be offended by the term Cracker Barrel, now that they've decided that the term Cracker Barrel is offensive, because again, they didn't know it was offensive yesterday. So now that they know that, now they can just openly say things like, well, you know, when I walk in there, it feels very racist to me. So of course it must be true. I, I believe that it is a racist name because I feel like it's racist when I walk in there. <laughs> right? And you'll say, Here, look, here's an article that explains that it's actually named after a, a barrel of crackers. And I'll say, bro, anybody can write an article. <laughs> I took my mixed race daughter to a Cracker Barrel once. We have never had it. We had, what? We had never been in one and wanted to try it. She sits there, looks around the room and says to me, oh, I see why they call it Cracker Barrel. It is full of crackers. I choked on my coffee. <laughs> Sounds like your, your, little, your little angel, your little sweetheart is a little bit of a racist. A little bit of a racist shit. Listen to this guy. I doubt this is verifiable, but I'll say that ever since my family immigrated here to the US from the Philippines decades ago, we have never ever set foot in this establishment. There's something wrong about it, something unwelcoming to us. We don't want your kind taint. I've never eaten at a Cracker Barrel despite being one uh, despite one being on the interstate just north of my town. Now I'm glad I haven't. See, this is all it takes for people. One meme saying, hey, hey, did you know Cracker Barrel is like the barrels that they used to have the whips in and shit? And that's all it takes. And now people are saying, you know what? I've never eaten there. And I know, now I know why I've never eaten there. It's because... It feels racist to me, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> These people are mad. I knew it was racist, this person. I knew it was racist, but I never noticed the, the whip in the logo. So, so <laughs> I, I knew it was racist, even though I had no reason to say so. I just knew. I was just born with this knowledge that Cracker Barrel is racist because I, you know, People doubt that this is true, but of course it's true. We know it's true, but so many people don't know it's true. People have literally been, I, I, I don't even want to use the word trigger. I, I promise you, I'm trying not to, but people have been programmed to react in certain ways to certain trigger words. So they see Cracker Barrel and it's it feels racist now. They see coon cheese and it feels racist now. And I'll even admit, like, even though the apparent whip in the logo is not a whip at all, right? That doesn't matter. It looks like a way. It feels like one. So, you know, people are replying, I knew it was racist all along, but I never noticed the whip and logo until now. But they're saying that the whip is the thing that makes us ra makes it racist. But I only realised the whip now, but I always kind of knew it was racist. It's, <laughs> it's, 
It's bizarre. So people are posting like all of these different sources, thinking that anybody's going to click on any of these links. People are posting all of these sources about why it's called Cracker Barrel, how the crackers were stored in the barrel, what's the kind best best kind of cracker to store in barrels. Anyway, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, just bizarre. <laughs> and like one, I spent probably an hour this morning just going through all of the, I probably should have sha uh, shaved them. I probably should have saved them because I didn't realize that it was going to keep reloading and refreshing and stuff while I was away. But it doesn't matter. You can just, you can just scroll down on here and you'll land on something. <laughs> something that somebody is saying that's, Look, a lot of racists in this thread, because again, if you if you don't agree with them now that Cracker Barrel is racist, you instantly become a racist yourself. Confirmation bias has them coming out of the woodwork. And people call me slow. Me and my ex would talk about this in the 90s. We were in one talking loud about the whole shebang, but no one blinked an eye. As we were leaving, my oldest son spewed in the dining hall that they noticed. Never so embarrassed in my life. That's how racist it was. My kid actually vomited their food. It was so racist. I knew that they called white men crackers because of the sound of the whip. I've never been to a Cracker Barrel, so I didn't know about the logo. I stopped going to Cracker Barrel when they fired employees who didn't have what they called normal heterosexual values. And now, now see, this is where... This is the part of the story now where the other groups start getting in on the fun. See, because now it's not good enough to be. This can't just be a war against a racist restaurant, right? Because they're not just racist. Hey, what if they're homophobic as well? Hmm? Ah, yeah. Did they, did they say normal heterosexual values? Uh-oh. Sounds like not only are they anti-black, they're also anti-gay now. <laughs> this is how it starts. <laughs> this this thing is going to blow up, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Me chilling in the whites only section, eating them blueberry pancakes. <laughs> God. Chick-fil-A. Now, people are referencing Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is a slang term for chick-filler, a heteronormative pro-life term that refers to a man filling a chick with his baby batter. Don't believe me, there's a giant cock in the logo. Homophobia in your face. Good leftists, good. <laughs> this person replies with too much common sense. 
I'm sure when they were naming the restaurant, they were thinking, hey, let's name it something really racist and just sit back and have a big laugh. What a great marketing strategy, said no one ever. This is very funny. This is very funny what this person wrote here. Now this is clearly a this is clearly a, a joke. The scariest thing about the cracker barrel is the sign. If you look at how they arrange the lights on top, it obviously makes a W for white power. The waitresses are always doing the okay sign with their hands also. It literally makes me sick. That's the perfect response to this. That is exactly the kind of response you need. See the trick the trick to responding to these kinds of tweets is you it can't be obvious that you're not being serious, right? You don't want to be serious, but it can't be obvious. You want to pick up like their train of thought and just just push it like one more step. Right? Like that tremendous uh remember the girl who went to the AOC um event and said we need to start eating our babies, right? That was perfect because she she did her troll in such a way where the people there didn't want to disagree with her, even though they know they probably should. <laughs> right? That's what I'm talking about. That grey area. Because if you do it too over the top, then everybody's going to be like, oh, nice try, bro. Attempted troll. You want to take their train of thought and agree with them and then just expand on it and, and start pushing it into the realms of the absurd. And then, like, a bunch of them will still agree with it, but then a whole bunch of other ones start going, well, no, I think that's taking it a little far. And then they start questioning their original position, right? If you just come out and say, this is fucking dumb, you libtards and stuff, then you're not going to convince anybody of anything. You, you, take, you take their opinion and you just expand on it just a little bit. Just push it to the next logical step. Yeah, we should be eating our babe. What? Should we be eating the children to save the planet? I guess. I mean, it's a discussion we need to have. Yes, it is. I want you having that discussion. <laughs> there are so many little threads here that all have their own sub-threads. Pretty obvious to me. Looks like Craft Singles did the name with their S. Nice try, KKK Craft. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Cracker Barrel fucking rabbit hole. And this is why I love Twitter. <laughs> Don't ever change. All right, I can't believe we burned so much time on that. Uh, let's take a quick five minute break and when we return, we'll do something else. We'll do something else, but it'll be fun nonetheless. Stick around. You're listening to the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. See you soon.
Krusty the Iceman, Sunday night, 7.30, Standard Eastern Time, on Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook. Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic? Handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie really giving that one a workout. Come on. <laughs> DLive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you'll have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of when we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy 
Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. This All right, all right. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. We're going down a couple of rabbit holes, and there's another one that I need to share with you today because a couple of people shared this one with me. This one isn't as extensive as the Cracker Barrel thing, which I thought was just one of... It was the perfect example of what Twitter is meant to be. Just a collection of all of the dumbest people in the world in one place at one time saying things. That's what it's for. That's what Twitter is for. And if you use it for anything other than that, then you're misusing it. You're doing yourself a disservice. You're wasting your time. So there's another one now. A couple of people got in touch with me (laughs) and sent me this. I think Cabaret and Steph, ladies and gentlemen. And I love these little things. The, The reason why I love this is because, like, I'm not... It's not making fun of anybody or anything. I'm not. I'm not into that kind of thing. Um, you know, on this show, you just you be you. You be you. So this isn't about you know trans people or whatever. Uh, winning TV with a diamond. Being part Italian. Pizza Hut. We live in huts. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. DLive.tv slash winning TV. And uh, pass the potato. Seventeen with a diamond. Thank you, sir. They have Cracker Day in my town every year. Cracker Day. Holy shit. Cracker Day sounds very, if I can say the word, problematic. Pass the potato. Very problematic. And I notice you're using the term, I notice you're using the term potato as well. That's also a racist dog whistle. Gypsy of Diamond with the diamond. Uh, gypsy of Diamonds with the diamond. Thank you for the gyps- diamond gypsy. Thank you for the diamond gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? One step too far. Damn it, I want to talk about how fucking fake Helen Keller is. Well, hang on, we can't we can't move on to the deaf and the blind woman yet. We've still got the people who can see and hear to discuss, yeah. So we'll get to Helen Keller's not changing anybody's mind anymore. We'll get to Helen. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> She'll still be where we left her. So. So here's another one. So Cabaret and Steph sent this one to me. Now like I said, trans Ring whatever, the bell and get, get your, your cheese, cheese man. man. Trans whatever, you do you. I don't really care. I don't anymore. I, I seriously don't. It's like, what's the point in getting angry about stuff when your anger just makes people more resolute in what they're doing? You know what I mean? So I don't bother. Um, but I have always been curious, because I'm a curious person. I have always been curious about the logistical problem. Because, you know, I'm not fascinated by it or anything. I'm not obsessed by it. But 
the ter- in, in, be, what I mean by that is if we live in a world where men can be women and women can be men, how then is it valid to have, say, a belief that men specifically are bad or women specifically are bad, right? So how can you be like fighting the patriarchy if men are women and women are men? You, you know what I'm saying? I love it because I love these conversations because it forces people to it forces people to think, right? But it forces people to engage in the, the stuff that matters, like the first principle stuff, and they don't realize that that's what they're doing. And they're not very good at it. So I love watching people who have a certain set of beliefs get, you know, get kind of twisted up into a knot and not being able to get their position, right? That just makes that just makes me smile. So with that in mind, now have a listen. This is where we start this one. The original poster writes, and I quote, Boys love to be heterosexual until it's time to suck a girl's dick. Okay. So that's where we're starting today. This is this is where this this stroll through the philosophical minefield begins. Now let's see if we can get to the end of it without blowing our legs off, shall we? Because I don't think it's possible. That's where we begin. Boys love to be heterosexual until it's time to suck a girl's dick. And and fellas, we've all been there, haven't we? You know, you keep telling yourself, I'm a straight man, I'm a straight man, I'm a straight man. But then when your girl asks you to suck her dick, then, I mean, you know, it brings, it exposes the transphobia we all have, I think. (laughs) Monica, Boogie, you know, thinking is problematic. Yes, indeed it is. Now, somebody replied to that by saying, this is transphobic, okay? Now, I don't know, see, I'd never give much chop to these things. When somebody says this is transphobic, but doesn't provide the explanation why, I'm already a little, hmm, a little suspicious, okay? So boys love to be heterosexual until it's time to suck a girl's dick. The reply, this is transphobic. Another person replied to that by saying, how is this transphobic? This is literally calling out transphobic people, is it not? Okay. And then the person who said that this is transphobic replies to that person by saying this, quote, girls with dicks are girls. How would guys not be heterosexual when sucking a girl's dick? <laughs> it's a good question. Because if we accept the premise that girls with dicks are girls, then how is it gay to suck a girl's dick? <laughs> right? <laughs> Foggy in the chat. Boom! Goodbye, legs. So, so then this brings out this brings out people from all angles of this discussion who are, you know, I guess putting I guess now we have to say putting forward their truth. So this one, which I think probably makes the most sense. I don't like transphobia. I also don't like this shit being so incoherent and nasty. Just do your thing in your house and let me do mine. Now, having been around for a while, I know when somebody says, remember they used to demand, hey, you've got no business being in my bedroom, right? That used to be a very common slogan back in the early days of like LGBTQ plus uh, movements and advocacy groups and shit, right? You, you, the government has no business being in my bedroom was a, a very famous bumper sticker for everybody. But you see now in 2021, that's not good enough. 
Because if you say that now, you're actually a transphobe too because you're not an ally, right? You're not pushing for radical change. Therefore, the bigoted view is to say, uh, you know, we have no business being, just let other people do what they want, right? That's now bigoted. You have to be, a, you have to be an activist. It's fucking beautiful. So this person writes, I don't like transphobia. I also don't like this shit being so incoherent and nasty. Just do your thing in your house and let me do mine. I think the real issue is being rejected for not having the right body parts, but rejection is part of the risk of attempting to have a relationship. If this were about do your thing in your house and let me do mine, we would never have these arguments on Twitter. Wow, that would be awful, wouldn't it? I hate to break it to you, but this is about a boot on your neck. Even if we concede, it is a velvet boot. <laughs> okay, but the dick-sucking dilemma only comes up when both are in the same house. <laughs> Look, I agree with men being forced to suck fe uh, female penises, don't get me wrong, but... Okay, now this is a reply here. This is a reply here that's worth a little deeper investigation. Trans girls, I can't I can't believe we're doing a whole episode on Twitter threads, but hey, what are you gonna do? It's Wednesday. Who gives a fuck? Nobody likes the Wednesday show anyway. <laughs> Nobody likes it. So let's investigate, shall we? Come with me on a journey here. So this reply deserves warrants further investigation, I think. This person has replied, trans girls are girls, not trans girls. <laughs> so, you following along? So the original one, boys love to be heterosexual until it's time to suck a girl's dick. Reply, this is transphobic. Reply, how is this transphobic? This is literally calling out transphobic people, is it not? Reply, Girls with dicks are girls. How would guys not be heterosexual when sucking a girl's dick? And then the reply to that back and forward is this. Trans girls are girls, not trans girls. So then, of course, I'm wondering, well, then what is a trans girl? You see? Now, this, this is why I love this, because it's I don't really care if you're trans or not. That's your problem, not mine. You do with it however you feel necessary in order to, you know, function on a day-to-day -day basis. That's your thing. I don't care. So, but I am interested because you're having this public discussion about it. I am going to have a little look, you know, I'm going to take a little peek at this because I am interested in the logistical problems. <laughs> so, okay. So trans girls are girls and not trans girls. Does that mean then that trans girls no longer exist, right? Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> because if trans girls are girls and not trans girls, there are therefore no trans girls. There are only girls. <clears throat> there are girls with vaginas and girls with penises. Original revolution in the chat asking the, the question of the night. Yes, <laughs> quote, so is everyone a girl? Yes, everyone is a girl now. Or at least can be. Trans girls, and the, somebody replied to them, trans girls are trans girls. Saying that trans girls are trans and not just girls is transphobic. <laughs> you are a bigoted against trans people if you think they exist. 
Are you you following along? Listen again. (laughs) I know, I know. You you have to twist your brain into the shape of a pretzel to follow along, but it's it's so worth it if you can come with me here. Saying that trans girls are trans and not just girls is transphobic. You are bigoted against trans people if you think they exist. (laughs) (laughs) So this, this person is of the opinion that there are no trans girls, there are only girls. But in order to explain why thinking the opposite is offensive, they themselves must be offensive and refer to trans girls. (laughs) Even though... So in the first sentence, they say that there are no such thing as trans girls. In the second sentence, they say, um, so if you believe that there is such a thing as trans girls, you're being very offensive to trans people. (laughs) (laughs) Try to keep up. Now, we live in a time when people can, you know, easily be cancelled or kicked off platforms and stuff for apparently saying something offensive to somebody. I want you to explain to me, if you're in any way, shape or form involved in like content moderation on a platform or a website or whatever, right? I want you to explain to me how when this is real, when this conversation is taking place, how you can possibly not be offensive with something. I want you to explain to me how it's possible to not be offensive. Because, again, saying that trans girls are trans and not just girls, that's transphobic, okay? You are bigoted against trans people if you think they exist. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. You know, I'm... I don't want to offend people. I'm sure I have offended people, right? And I'm sure people will be offended by things that I say from time to time, but I'm not I'm not trying to actively set out to offend anybody, right? I'm just doing my thing. So I want you to explain to me, like, you know, if we can live in a world where trans girls are not trans girls, they are just girls, therefore you are being offensive to trans people if you think trans people exist, right? If we can live in a world where that's just a perfectly normal, rational, you know, cohere, if that's a that's a poly, that's a policy position somewhere in, down the line for either a company or a government, right? Now, if we can live in that place, I want you to explain to me how you think it's even possible for me to not be offensive to somebody at some point with no intention because I'm, t- I'm telling you, if the thing that is offensive simultaneously exists and doesn't exist at the same at the same moment in time, then there is no conceivable way on earth that you can't win. You can win. You will never win that argument. Now this ought to be good. This ought to be good. Show me this. Okay. Yes. Now see. Again, this is the this is the futility of trying to argue with people on Twitter. So replying to that tweet, saying that trans girls are trans and not just girls is transphobic, you are bigoted against trans people if you think that they exist. This person replied, Tammy, Tammy G, probably with good intentions, I'm no bigot. 
You and others are erasing my identity. I breastfed my babies. I didn't chest feed them. I'm a woman, not a person who menstruates. I'm a mother, not a person who births. I was born with a vagina and female hormones. Trans women weren't. We are not the same. To which she gets a reply. One reply she receives. And the reply just says, oops, turns out you're a bigot. At least I used to be. Because now wildfire is raging deep inside. And my horn strings are pulling like the tide. Turns out you're a bigot. <laughs> that's, that's the pointlessness of trying to argue with someone on Twitter. And if that ain't look, I don't know what it is. All right, enough of that. Um, let's do this story. This was an interesting one. So our little cousin, you know, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening, you know, in this part of the world. Our little cousin New Zealand is going through something at the moment where a, so, you know, you've got the indigenous population of New Zealand called the Maoris. And a Maori politician was kicked out of New Zealand parliament for not wearing a necktie. Apparently a very strict dress code in New Zealand Parliament. He was wearing like some kind of little ancestral little fucking neck thing. I don't know, something something Maori. <laughs> so he was wearing that instead and they kicked him out because he wasn't wearing a tie. And this, of course, created a furor. But there's, there's, very, there's little very interesting little nuggets to take out of this, which I thought might be worth going over. So let's have a look. All right, let's not shift. And by, and by the way, I'm using an Indian news source. Indian as in, hello, I'm, I'm from India. Right? Don't ask me why. Our attention to New Zealand, where a leader of the Maori party was asked to leave the parliament for not adhering to the dress code by not wearing a tie. A tie. Rivery Vaititi is the co-leader of New Zealand's Maori party, and he was elected from New Zealand's parliament for not wearing a tie. In fact, this is not the first tie-based controversy Vatiti has been involved in. Last year, Vatiti had been warned that he would be ejected from the House of Representatives if he did not wear a tie. The Vatiti have ever argued that he should be free and should be allowed to wear the traditional Maori stone necklace punamu instead. Listen. This is this attire is business attire as far as I'm concerned, and as far as many New Zealanders and Aotearoa is concerned. Now, the first thing to mention here is the obvious one. It's as clear as the tattoos on the nose on your face. You know me, I'm not... I think some traditions are silly, and I just don't understand them. So, you know, I'm, and I'm not disparaging his tattoos or anything in any way, but I just do find it funny that we're having, <laughs> we're having such a serious conversation about an article of clothing when... The man who isn't, who's refusing to wear this article of clothing, which is what it is, has face tattoos. It's just funny to me. You know, they asked me to wear the tie. I said, fuck you, I'm not wearing a stupid necktie. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny to me. Because it's such a clashing of, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, the thing about this is, right, this is this is not going to be this is not going to make me very popular. I 
tend to agree with him. I tend to agree with him. I agree. He shouldn't be forced to wear a tie. Silly. But at the same time now, you have to you have to point out he's also wearing a cowboy hat and a suit jacket as well. Okay? So keep that in mind. Because this is this is about to take a turn. Like if it just stayed at um hey, you know, why can't I wear my, you know, my usual Maori clothes in here? Like I'm here representing my people. So why can't I wear what I want? That makes sense to me. I'm like, you know what? That's fair enough. You should be able to wear whatever you want. Let people decide for themselves. You know, it's like you decide whatever you want to wear. Yeah. Because I thought that was the whole point. But instead they instructed this, you know, this, uh, they enforce this strict dress code in the part. Everybody has to wear a tie. I think the the women do as well. So, you know, I, I find that kind of thing silly. So I tend to agree with him, but this is about to take a turn, and I think you know the turn that it's going to take because otherwise we wouldn't be covering it on this show. Right? Otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it now. Press 1 in the chat if you think that this is going to be resolved by saying, you know what, he he brings up a good point. Let's just change that dress code there and, you know, so we can we don't have to put up with this anymore. Or press 2 in the chat if you think that this is going to become an outrage campaign alleging racial abuse. Press 1 in the chat if you think cooler heads will prevail and we'll just sort it out. Or press 2 in the chat if you think it's now going to become the subject of white supremacy, right? Trying to suppress culture, <laughs> okay? I'm seeing twos, man. I'm seeing twos. A lot of twos in the chat. Do you see what happens here, folks? We. Do you see what happens? Do you see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass? Do you do you see what happens now? We we automatically you you have become so repetitively outraged that we now expect the outrage. People are expecting it to go a certain way. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to report they did not disappoint. This is a tie. This is a tie to my people. This is a tie to the to the plight. Yep. Now the core leader of the Maori Party, Debbie Gariva Packer, who was herself seen wearing the tie that you just saw there, pleaded her colleague's case, but to no avail. Other members of the parliament, when asked about their thoughts on the issue, offered mixed responses over the compulsory requirement of wearing a tie inside the House of Parliament in New Zealand. God, Indian news is, it's, it's Indian news, isn't it? It's budget. It, it sounds like a daily boogie stream with these long, silent moments while he's looking for looking for clips and trying to bring things up on OBS. Me personally, I've got no problem with wearing a tie, and I'm saddened by the fact that there are more important issues like Maori housing to be addressed. Now, now see, <laughs> this is the problem, right? Because that's not the argument. But these are the arguments that we're forced to have because now I guarantee, I fucking guarantee you, in New Zealand, the argument's going to be conservatives. Doesn't he look like New Zealand Ben Carson, this guy? Look at that. Holy shit. That is the Kiwi Ben Carson. Look at him. Oh. Andy, Andy wants to talk about housing. 
Wasn't Ben Carson the, the Secretary of Housing and Development or some shit? <laughs> Peeny. Peeny Hanari. <laughs> so Ben, the Kiwi Ben Carson here. Kiwi Carson. <clears throat> he's he's having this false argument. Well, I don't have a problem wearing a tie, but it's not really about whether you wear a tie or not, right? <laughs> It's about should there be this dress code? Should there be this dress code? That's the. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem wearing a tie. I don't understand. We've got more important issues to discuss. It's like Maori housing. Because I guarantee you, <clears throat> because of this now, because that's the talking point, right? I don't. We. I don't think we. Sh he should have a problem wearing a tie. I wear a tie every day. It's about respect. These will be the bullshit talking points. So I guarantee you now, New Zealand. The people who are interested in this kind of thing, all of the conservatives will be saying he's a piece of shit, he should show respect, he needs to wear the tie, and all of the left-wingers will be saying this is oppression and racial supremacy and white, white power on display, right? This is the problem. So here we are on our little island of sanity, on our little island of rational thought, which, like I said, gets smaller and smaller every single day. The waves are getting higher and higher. The shoreline is eroding faster and faster. And every time a few more people just drop off the end of the island, we're not getting bigger. We're getting smaller, guys. I don't know what to tell you. There's fewer and fewer of us left. <laughs> so here we are on our little island of sanity. And we say, you know what? Look. Look. As long as he's not coming in there, you know, with his fucking dick on the, on the podium, does it really make any difference? If we, if you're supposed, to, if we're supposed to be promoting inclusion and all of that shit, then surely he can just walk in there dressed however he wants. And hey, if people don't like the way he's dressing, if people think that he's not representing them adequately or whatever, then they can just fucking vote him out. That's the way it works, right? They don't like it, get rid of him. But if he wants to wear his Maori outfit, fine, whatever. Uh, whatever whatever you have to wear to get in here and do government stuff, that's that's fine with us. But no, that's not going to be the conversation. The conversation is how much I like wearing a necktie versus how, how, how the New Zealand government is perpetuating white supremacy by forcing people to wear neckties. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. To be addressed. Well, I try to respect the tikanga wherever I go. Unfortunately, Rawiri can't respect the tikanga of Parliament. I think that's grandstand. And I do activism by fashion. It shows the ridiculousness. <laughs> it, the New Zealand Senator Arden have ever reacted to the controversy, saying that there are bigger things that New Zealand, in fact, needs to focus upon. See this because that's that's the line that you say when you don't actually have a, a position on it, when you don't have an opinion. Well, a lot of people out there feel very strongly about this, but I think right now we have more important issues to focus on because she's a left-winger, so she doesn't have to. If it was a conservative in power and this was taking place, then they would just hammer them, uh, hammer them relentlessly until the conservative changed the rules. And then they would say that it's a win against white supremacy, <laughs> right? Meanwhile, the world is looking forward to the World Health Organization's briefing. The WHO was supposed to give out information on the origins of the COVID-19, but instead it has left. Okay. So you would think we can just be on this island of rationality. You know what? 
if he wants to dress in his Maori dress, he is he is a member of the Maori party. And if that's, you know, fine. I don't think that's going to affect whether or not he's a good politician or not. So whatever. I don't care. And, you know, people can disagree. I, I see a couple of people in the chat disagreeing. No, there should be a dress code. Yeah, okay, fine. Should there be a dress code or shouldn't there? I say that it's not necessary. And it just it just creates issues like this, which shouldn't even be issues. I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But then other people might, and that's fine. But I, I'm certainly not going to engage in this discussion from our good friends at The Guardian, ladies and gentlemen. The phallic necktie, if you're unaware what phallic means, it's a reference to the penis. So if if something is phallic of nature, it means it's representative of the male's sexual... Well, or female, remember, you can suck a girl's dick now. <laughs> How silly of me. I already forgot. God, I'm ignorant. I really am. Such a bigot. See? You see, I was just offensive then to somebody. Didn't even realise it. Wasn't trying to. It's impossible not to be. <laughs> Welcome to 2021. The phallic necktie is an outdated symbol of white male rule in New Zealand's parliament. One thing I love about 2021 and the people who write these kinds of blogs that masquerade as articles, the one thing I love about 2021 is the predictability because you know whenever there's some kind of a group, whenever there's some issue that I think, you know, normal people can you know, agree on, and if not agree, then at least not let it descend into some ridiculous war, right? So, <laughs> mucus phlegmbrain, geez, Boogie, and uh, Boogie's got the bigotry already. Yes, I didn't even know. Um, so it can descend into this ridiculous war where it becomes about, you know, white power versus you know, colonial symbols of colonialism and shit like that. Every time that there's a possibility to push the argument into the realm of the absurd, these people will take it every time because they're very predictable. And whenever there's an opening to do that, instead of just stay calm and stay rational, instead of doing that, no, 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 we want to jump right off the ledge with cinder blocks tied to our ankles. It's We've got to get to the bottom of this fucking... Uh, ravine as quickly as possible and hopefully explode into a ball of flames. A piece of clothing that derives from the codpiece is designed to promulgate white male power should be optional. <laughs> Instead, you know what I mean? Instead of just saying a tie should be optional. <clears throat> how about this? How about how about we just say smart casual? I'll 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 go with that. If you want a dress code, all right. How about a little compromise? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm rather happy to just have no dress code and let people walk in however they fucking want. Doesn't bother me. But if you insist on a dress code, can we agree on this? We'll just say smart casual. I think that covers a lot of bases. He can wear his little necklace, right? Um, you know, he can wear whatever he wants. Smart casual is a nice broad. Everybody knows what smart casual means. We can do that. <laughs> Yes? No? Come on, I'm trying to help here. Again, then, if that's the case, then problem solved, right? Problem solved. But no, we can't have that. <clears throat> Last week it was reported that Speaker of the House, Trevor Mallard, 
had decided to keep the requirement that male MPs wear neckties in the New Zealand Parliament's debating chamber after asking members of Parliament to write, uh, write to him about what constitutes appropriate business attire in the House. Again, this is what governments around the world are spending their time on. So when they say, oh, you know, we've got more important things to worry about, that's only after this negative news story. Before the negative news story, they were asking for submissions from the politicians to offer their opinion on about what the dress code should be. And as soon as somebody comes out and says, well, I think it should be this, and they disagree and it's, it causes a little controversy, <laughs> don't, we're not talking about that. We're not wasting our time with that, right? If there was ever a year to change, but of course the journalists can't help themselves and they have to go way over the top and make it absurd. Which makes me think, remember what I said to you before about doing replies to these kinds of tweets and stuff? You know, don't just come out firing. You want to agree with them and just push, expand the boundaries of their argument. Just push their argument to the next logical step. And then that's that's how you get, you know, <laughs> that's how you have fun on Twitter because they won't know whether or not they can disagree with you. But then you get the feeling like th this is what the corporate media is now. This is what happens here. If there was ever a year to change, because we go to this jumping off point, if ever there was a year to change New Zealand's anachronistic parliamentary dress code, it should be 2021, when the new parliament is the most diverse and inclusive ever, including 48% women, 11% LGBTQ. They love their stats, don't they? 21% Maori, 8.3% Pacific. 8.3% Pacific. And 7% Asian New Zealand members. So the only category there not mentioned, of course, white male. Can't mention that. It doesn't exist. White male MPs, the demographic most likely to wear a necktie, are now a minority. So they're openly admitting that most of the people, most of the people in parliament are not white men. Most of them. We acknowledge that as a cornerstone of what we're about to present to the reader. <laughs> okay. White male MPs, the demographic group most likely to wear a necktie, are now a minority. And yet Mallard, who has previously said he personally loathes wearing a necktie, apparently made the decision to stick with the rule after, quote, a significant majority of members who responded opposed any change to dress standards for the debating chamber, okay? So he put out he put out a, a poll or whatever, put it, hand in your submissions, and he says the majority of people, a significant majority of people said, let's keep the ties. So he was like, all right, we'll keep the ties. The article continues. Why the fuss about a simple necktie? Clothing is inherently political in its ability in its ability to represent the values of our culture, and the necktie is one of the most politically charged items of body adornment. <laughs> the necktie. <laughs> the simple necktie is the simple necktie is politically charged. Listen to this. 
The necktie echoes the shape of a cod piece. Now, what is a cod piece? Let's have a look at what a cod piece is. No? A book, it, it sent us to a book called The Lover's Tongue, a merry romp through the language of love and sex. So is cod piece a dick? Is that what it is? What, we can't say penis now? Is that offensive? Oh, no, they, they go on to explain. The necktie echoes the shape of the cod piece, a fabric flap or pouch designed 500 years ago to emphasize a European nobleman's importance through his large phallic size. It is an arrow shaped, uh, it is arrow shaped and directs the eye of an onlooker down towards a man's groin. Bring the, back. <laughs> the, 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 tie, the tie is about drawing attention to your dick. <laughs> I wonder if I, I I do wonder should low cut dresses be banned? What about high heel shoes? Should we ban them? <laughs> gypsy of diamonds with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Says penis envy. Sounds a little bit sounds a little bit bigoted too, if you ask me. You know, uh, women can wear ties and draw attention to their penis as well. I'll have you know. I'll have you know. The modern tie's origins lie in the cravat, a mark of a fashionable man in the 18th century, and following that a sign of a man's social status and class in Victorian England, today it remains one of the enduring symbols of white male supremacy. <laughs> listen, listen to this. All of these journalists are, Th are Thelma and Louise just driving off the cliff at full speed. Listen to this. Clothing is inherently political in its ability to represent the values of our culture and the necktie is one of the most politically charged items of body adornment. The modern tie's origins lie in the cravat, the mark of a fashionable man in the 18th century and following that a sign of a man's social status and class in Victorian England. Okay? Today it remains one of the enduring symbols of white male supremacy silently serving to maintain white male values and standards as the norm. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond. Uh, Hillary pantsuits for everyone. Equal motherfucking balance. Yes, or equal male-female male, balance. Yes, yeah, foggy in the chat. Exactly. Being professional is white supremacy. <laughs> See, again, now this is the thing. I could have... I could have agreed on a whole bunch of stuff. I could have agreed, yeah, it is kind of silly to force people to wear a tie. Let him wear his Maori thing. Who cares? But if I'm being asked to agree that it is a an enduring, silent tool of white supremacy, then I'm, afra I, I'm afraid I cannot agree. <laughs> I cannot go there with you. You know what I mean? They just jump way too far. Wait, they go too hard, too fast all the time. Every single time. Too much upselling. <laughs> Labor's leader of the House, Chris Hipkins, backed Mallard's decision to retain the tie as part of the dress standard, making a statement that only someone embedded in the dominant culture could make. Hipkins said, quote, It shows respect for the institution and the importance of the role we all undertake. The assumption that Hipkins makes is that we, that his dress standards should stand for all genders, cultures, ethnicities, and identities, 
is painfully reminiscent of the time when male politicians proclaimed they were capable of representing the interests of all voters, a claim we now know to be patently incorrect. (laughs) You know, you remember how they keep telling you that this is not about dividing people? Now they are op- now they're openly telling you that because of gender, culture, ethnicity and identity, it is now impossible for a politician to represent all interests, to represent all voters. That's impossible now. You're not allowed. No, no, no. The white men represent the white men, right? The Maori women represent the Maori women. They they no longer represent their area, you see? I remember talking about this shit years ago with James on Trust and Verify. And we would we would try to explain to people like the basics that somebody who is elected to parliament from a certain area is there to represent that area. They're not there to represent the the white males in the area or the the Maori females in the area or women all over the country. You know, I'm representing women everywhere. No you're not. You're representing the men and women in this part of your country. That's it. That's it. Whoever's there. But this is the this is the side effect of identity politics, right? It's that because now location doesn't matter anymore. Identity is what matters. Where the people are from no longer matters, which is why you see New York and LA basically like dominating politics now in the United States, right? Because where you're from doesn't actually matter. We want just raw numbers and we want people uh, identifying certain little subgroups. So we, because then we don't have to convince all of the population. It's actually quite smart when you think about it, because then we don't have to convince a big cross section of society then, okay? Hear me out on this. This is what multiculturalism is. You don't have to appeal to the interest of a broad cross-section of society. No, you just have to build a coalition between all of the splinter groups that you've created. And then you outnumber. You outnumber the opposition. So, like, this article openly states, white men are now the minority in New Zealand Parliament. Why? Because politicians are no longer there to represent the... The, the part of the country they come from. They're representing an identity group. So we made white males the minority in New Zealand Parliament by creating a coalition between the women and the Asians and the Maoris, and, right? And going through all of the other little subgroups because it's impossible, you know, people can only represent who they are now. Sorry, that's the new rules. Those are the new rules. It's a lot. Building a coalition between disparate groups is a different proposition than trying to get a whole bunch of disparate uh, disparate groups to agree on something, right? It's a totally different thing because they don't have to agree on anything except that the other guy is bad and racist and evil. We all agree on that, so that's good enough. We're on the same team. There you go. The phallic necktie is an outdated symbol of white male rule in New Zealand, ladies and gentlemen. With that, I think we'll call it a day there. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. 
Uh, thank you for joining us on Trovo as well, YouTube. Don't forget, I'll be back on Friday night with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to follow me down the phallic necktie rabbit hole, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times, everybody's favourite lover of Frenchwoman Mersh, Sunday Night Shit Show, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom. You got the Kimmy Show. Don't forget the Kimmy Show. Winning TV tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, with Victor Von Schroom, Iceman Double Four Double Three, JJ Stormino, Rose Lopez, twi- tip of the hat to the ROTC boys, at Real Person PLTCS, Jamani, and anyone else I may have forgotten. Hopefully I didn't, though. So, until Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.